This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast, episode number 145. Today, we are talking December 2023 financials. It's the episode we've all been waiting for to see how things shook out during the holiday season. I am your host, Craig, over there. He's Chris. Chris, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Happy New Year, Chris. Happy New Year. Yeah. It's- yeah, I'm, I'm I'm ready to kick 2023 to the curb, so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad for 2024. It's going to be a better year. This does not bode well for the numbers <laughs> we're about to hear, I suppose, but I guess, I guess we'll find out. It's not the worst month we've had. <laughs> oh, we've had much. we've had some pretty uh pretty rough months so yeah. i'm not i'm not taking that as uh celebratory just yet chris any tales from the road before we get going on numbers yeah actually i have a good one um yeah. one of my drivers today was telling me a little story so anyway the the driver is um every once in a while in a reefer you have to you, you can haul loads that require a tanker endorsement sure when i was driving i did this a couple times usually what it is is You've got these big, you know, two, three, four, five hundred gallon totes that uh, sit in the truck, and um, you know, you, you haul them in inside of a reefer. Right. And our drivers hauling one of these from Wisconsin back to Utah, and um, it, it's like a very heavy load, like up to um, it's sure, some liquid load, you know, right? So. Yeah, liquid seventy nine thousand and change pounds. So it's you know pretty close to the limit. Um, and it's taken up the whole length of the, the semi. And anyway, so he's driving through, um, Wyoming and he gets to a scale and he has to scale at the, at the Wyoming scale. It's one of these smaller scales kind Mm -hmm. of in, in podunk, Wyoming, where you have to drive one axle across (laughs) the scale at a time. So you drive, put the axle on the scale. the, The person in the scale house tells you to move forward. So he's doing this and, and gets to the drives and all of a sudden, the uh, the person in the scale house, the lady, comes across the uh, the speaker and says, um, "It looks like a reefer, but it's acting like a tanker because sure. you know, the water's <laughs> sloshing around, yeah. and the, the, so the scales like bouncing up and down." And um, anyway, um, so th- that's <laughs> happening. And, and so because this is a because this is a single axle scale, yeah, the water sloshing around is creating havoc. I'm sure on the for scale, the yeah. scale. To That's the point hilarious. where she's all like, she gives up and she's all like, I just go, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit and wait for the waves to settle down and, and be able to get a good reading on the scale. So she just, uh, kicked him off the scale and in, in told him to get on his way. That's fabulous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let that be a lesson to you. Yeah. So, so sometimes, I mean, that's kind of a good thing. Like you didn't have to scale out <laughs> with that being said, even though we were so close, like we were, we were legal. So it, it would have been fine. Right. <laughs> kind of a funny little story. <laughs> I like to imagine what this person's face was like, uh, and I'm pulling up a scene in Dumb and Dumber in my head. Of, <laughs> Get the hell there's out a, of here. There's a lot of good scenes in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For those, yeah, if you know, you know, right? All yeah. right, Chris, let's move on and talk numbers. Although I should say, actually, first of all, I should do housekeeping, hollandassetsllc.com and uh, motorcarrierhq.com. Find us on Facebook, rate us on, it's not iTunes anymore, whatever, all those things. Uh, That should do it for that. And I'll also tell you this, Chris, 
Apparently, people notice when we have an episode that is less than 25 minutes long and I don't tell a story at the end. <laughs> so while we're talking today, I am going to be furiously thinking of a story I could tell in case this is a shorter episode, okay? And so, which it very well might be. It, it's right. probably going to... We, we, probably going to crank through this one pretty quick so so better start thinking don't want to disappoint the listeners (laughs) i would never i would never do that ever (laughs) all right chris december 2023 financials uh you're not giving me great um you know juju as i'm looking forward into this episode but but how did it go not not the december you'd like it to be um we didn't lose money but uh, it, it's it's another one of those. I, I've said this in October. I said it in November. I can say it again. It's it's not uh, kind of disappointed with where where the month ended. Okay, not, uh, worse than I expected. Well, let's start at the top with total miles run on how many trucks were. Was there a lot of vacation happening in December? Especially there was between so, Christmas so everybody and everybody kind of ran pretty hard for the first three weeks of December. Mm-hmm. Had a, a handful of drivers actually drive over Christmas. Um, but some of them drove over Christmas and then took New Year's off. So we actually ended up having, um, yeah, that last week of December, um, definitely more trucks sitting than normal. Okay. And so so a little bit more sitting than normal. And what was the total mileage? There? But it, it didn't affect the total mileage because everybody ran so hard. Um, it, it might affect it a little bit more in January, but mm. um, 123,000. Um, actually I have it wrong there. 123,872, uh-huh. which was only the reason I have it wrong is because, um, it's only 315 it's, more uh, miles. Yeah. I was going to say it's almost identical to last November. month. Yeah. It, very, very close. So 300 miles difference, 123,000, we'll call it. How many deadhead miles? Uh, 7,455, which is just over 5%. Okay, perfectly good, acceptable. Yeah, good, good number of deadhead. Excellent. Uh, for a total revenue of two hundred sixty-eight thousand one hundred forty-three and eighty-four cents, which is actually really good. Uh, you know, I think it was four or five thousand shy of maybe a little bit. Let's see, like a, the, a record. You I've mean? got it. Yeah, um, six thousand shy of October, which was our previous record. So uh, overall, a, a pretty good month okay. as far as the. Top of the end, top of the line <laughs> numbers go. Sure. Okay. Uh, and an all-in rate per mile of what? $2.16. Okay. Which is, again, uh, you know, about Decent. 17 cents more than last month. Right. So that's a that's moving in the right direction. It's I, Yeah, I say decent. I, I should say it's decent for historical yeah. reasons. For, you know, for, for the last year, I think it's the third best month of the year as far as all-in rate goes. So that's... Mm. Um, that, that that's it's good I, I there's a lot of good things happening like i i still feel like in a lot of ways we're moving in the right direction um we're just we still you know we still have work to do and yep. still have a ways to go okay uh profit and or well i shouldn't say and or profit or loss chris <laughs> how did things shake out uh it was a profit oh a that's very right. you said, meager one said you didn't lose any money so yeah, that's something one thousand six hundred thirty three dollars and seventy six cents Okay. So you're hoping for better, obviously. Yep. Uh, what would you say? 1600 bucks mm-hmm. in profit. Now, I seem to recall when you're accounting for fixed costs, uh, especially if I recall correctly, those are the ones that kind of, uh, that make this number a little bit uh, illusory. 
yeah. where it's we say, okay, there's a profit of 1600 bucks, but in reality, that 1600 is going to be eaten up by some of the fixed costs well, on the trucks, right? It, it's not the fixed cost. It kind of is. It's it's the um, the principal payment of the trucks. Oh, right, right. Okay. So in, in a cash flow sense, we still are, we still are losing, you know, not losing money, but we're forking out more cash than we're bringing in. Right. Um, because uh, yeah, that truck, the principal piece of the, the truck payment, um, is, is not an expense. So it doesn't show up as an expense on the profit and loss statement, unless you, um, depreciate, you know, show your depreciation, which we, we've traditionally just done, um, once, uh, you know, a year we, we do it when we do our taxes for the year. And so we, I, it's one of those things I keep saying that at some point I'm going to buckle down, build the, the, um, depreciation schedules out and show that on, on a monthly basis. So that'll give us an even more true, um, showing of what our, our profit and loss is and, and a little bit better showing of what our actual kind of cash flow is too. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, cause even with that $1,000 profit and even the $10,000 ish profits we've had the last two months, our, our cash flow is still going to be slightly negative. Okay. Okay. So uh, from a cash flow perspective, that's where that comes from. Cause yeah, yeah something was tickling my memory with that. So, so $1,600 profit, uh, on the books, at least we're not losing more money, right? There were... Yeah, gosh, at least half the months in 2023 were losses, right? And so those are painful. This is not where you want it to be, but hey, at least we're not losing money. But where would it take for you to feel satisfied and then thrilled? Like what what kind of numbers would we be looking at? That's a really good question. So I would say once we get north of $30,000 in in net income, that's going to put us solid on the positive cash flow side. And that's where I'll like, I'll feel relief from the pressure, right? Like mm-hmm. I'll feel like, okay, we're in a, and we're in a, a, a point where we're, we are, um, you know, sustainable, right? Like, you're, like you're we're paying still, bills and maybe putting a little bit away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to get to the point where I'm like starting to get a little bit excited, probably closer to like $50,000 to get to the point where I'm thrilled like you said probably closer to 75,000. Oh wow. And yeah. is that feasible on 11 trucks? Absolutely. In fact, back when, you know, 2 years ago when we were in the heyday of things, we were pushing $50,000 in profit on like four trucks. Oh, okay. So wow. yeah, it it absolutely can get there. It's just that that kind of shows the gravity and the contrast of the market we were in versus the market we're in right now. And, you know, I, I, I think 75,000 in an, in a normal market of profit each month is, is very sustainable. Doable. doable. Okay. Well, uh, a few episodes ago, I want to say it was about 10 episodes or so ago. There was an episode about many mickles make a muckle, mm-hmm. as I recall. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not Ben Franklin, so I, I don't remember George the phrase. Washington. Oh, was it George Washington? Yeah, George. Uh, anyway, the point of it was there are all these little things you can do kind of at the margins to, uh, to make yourself as efficient and profitable as possible as a company. Do you still feel like there's a bunch of stuff that you can do around those margins or are you, do you feel like you've got the ship 
going as well as you can. And it's just a matter of riding out the tough seas of the market until things calm down uh, and rates start coming up. Where where are you at with that sort of thing? I, I still think there's a lot of little things we can still kind of do. Most of them are going to be kind of in one category, and that's increasing our revenue on the backhauls, mm. um, getting right. getting better rates on the backhauls. And so I'm at this point, I'm three months into dispatching. I'm up to eight trucks that I'm dispatching. Um, and, and I have gained a lot of knowledge and, and better insight into some of the things that are going on, some things that I can, we can do better, um, how we can operate better as a company to, um, to, to get us, you know, some of those little changes and tweaks. And I'm, and I'm continuing to make those. This was actually something I was planning on talking a little bit about the, at the end of the podcast, but let's just, uh, now's the, now's a good time to, to bring it up is, um, one that a couple things in the last month that have happened that I, I'm really optimistic about is I've found a couple of brokers um, that that I'm getting better and better relationship with, and they're fairly large brokers that I'm getting more and more good paying loads back into Utah, mm. and so that's that's one of the things that's really helped increasing that that rate per mile as I'm. I'm getting some of these loads and, and I think we're going to be able to continue to get them. And so, um, one of my big goals in, in helping to, you know, kind of write the ship, make things even better is to develop more of those relationships with brokers that have, you know, those better paying loads. Cause a lot of the times what happens is those better paying loads that brokers have are, um, they don't even ever hit the load board. The brokers, you know, they have good relationships with carriers they feel comfortable with, and they will offer those loads to a carrier first. And if the carrier they feel comfortable with can haul them, they're going to give them their best paying loads, their best rates to those loads or to, to those carriers. And I'm I'm trying to you know get in with more brokers to that level mm. so that we're getting those. And and I'm and I'm finding that like I booked I, just for example, and this was a record for me. Um, yesterday I booked nine loads in Whoa. one day. Yeah. Um, all but one of them were loads that I did not get on a load. I only got one of them on a load board. Oh, wow. The rest of them were either from our direct shipper relationships. About half of them were from direct shippers and the other half were with brokers that I had those relationships with. Okay. And so, you know, and, and that's, that's going to make a huge impact. And so that's really one of the things I'm focusing on right now is getting that so that, you know, we, we get, you know, that our, our biggest weak point in my opinion is those backhauls back to Utah. Yeah. If we can, I, I feel like we're getting a good rate on the stuff going out of Utah. If we can get decent rates on everything coming back, mm-hmm. most everything coming back, we'll do what we'll be in a good spot. My, my goal that I've kind of set for myself is I want to get, I, I only want to have to find 10 to 25% of my backhaul loads on load boards. 10 to 25%. Mm-hmm. So that's the goal then that's my goal. on backhauls. Yep. Okay. Well, Chris, I've got, uh, I, I have a role here on this podcast as the guy who knows nothing about trucking, which I suppose is not true anymore, but still, I'm an idiot. Uh, so I get to ask you a stupid question here about direct shipper relationships. Will you ever develop relationships on the other end of it with receivers? Uh, you know, hey, I've, I've got this, this place that I know receives a lot of stuff, uh, and they're a mile away from our facility. Uh, I'd really like to 
bring stuff here. Can you develop a relationship with a receiver and say, who are your shippers? And I'll yeah. talk to them. Does that work? You can. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just somebody that can, can kind of get you in contact with either their clients, their customers who are actually booking, booking trucks and booking loads. And so, and, and oftentimes, yeah, it's a receiver that, you know, cause a, a lot of times like a cold storage place, they'll have, you know, clients that they store stuff for and the client will come to them. Hey, I've, I've, I'm needing to bring product from point A to point B. Do you know somebody can haul it for me? And then if, if that receiver, you know, has, you know, they'll have some good relationships with carriers and say, yeah, Hey, give this guy a call. They, they always do a good mm. job. Okay. So yeah, that, that's, that's definitely something you can, can do. Okay. All right. Well, I, Let's go back to our profit and loss statement here. Again, for anybody who wants to follow along, go to hollandassetsllc.com, click on episodes and uh, find this episode. What did I say it is? Number 145. Uh, and you'll be able to see the actual profit and loss statement. Uh, everything is very transparent. So you can follow along with the Holland Assets journey. So Chris, as we dive into this profit and loss statement that ended with, what was it? 1300 bucks in or $1,600 in profit. What are our takeaways? Well, what did you see this month? So one of the, so one thing that they, you're not going to see very often on, on the profit and loss statement that was on this month is there was an expense for bad debt. So we, we hauled the load. It was, I think it was back in August for a broker that ended up going out of business. Um, we ended up, you know, it was something like a $5,000 load. We ended up being able to recover 1300 of it mm. from uh, the bond that we filed against the broker. And then the other 3,700, we had to, you know, what was it? Not quite 3,700. We, we essentially had to just write that off. And so you'll see that bad debt expense. Okay. On there. So that's a weird one. So that's a weird one. So it's almost 4,000 bucks. Um, that that's part of the swing, but really the big, big part of the swing was payroll. We had uh, almost $26,000 more than our average payroll. Mm. And and part of that is Christmas bonuses. And part of it is we ran a, there was a fifth payroll or five Fridays in five December. Fridays. So, um, yeah, that, that's a big part of it. Right. Yeah. That hurts. Okay. So that's 26 grand. You said 26 grand more than normal, more than normal. Okay. And then plus the four grand from the write-off. So, so 30, that's 30, 30 grand thousand right there. So yeah, sometimes events really do just conspire against you, Chris. <laughs> well, yeah. One of the positive notes on the PNL, though, moving on to the next category was our fuel expense. Fuel's been going down, which is kind of unusual for winter. Mm. Um, and our fuel expense was broke 30%, lower than 30% for the first time in quite a while, 30% yeah. of our revenue. I, I've um, noticed just driving down the highway uh, in my gasoline-powered little teeny car that boy, am I glad I'm not filling up with diesel. Uh, now, obviously those are retail prices that I'm seeing off the side of the highway, but are they as bad as <laughs> what I would expect based on what I'm seeing? Yeah, I mean, they're still um, they're still higher. They're than, still high. Yeah, uh, if you were buying bulk unleaded versus bulk diesel, you'd st you're still paying a lot more for diesel than you are unleaded. Yeah, okay. Uh, so it's getting better, but it's still, I mean, it's still a little bit high. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me about uh, repairs, maintenance, anything of note from yeah, there? So a couple things I want to talk about with uh, with repairs is um, they, they were kind of high again, 20,000. Um, December was a frustrating month. Um, Brad, that does most of our, our maintenance, 
um, we had more breakdowns. I think I re- referred to this once in, in one of the last podcasts, just uh, like in, within a two week period, we had several trucks with over the road breakdowns, a couple on the same day. Mm. Um, and, and so, yeah, there, there was quite a bit of an expense. Um, a big chunk of that's been truck two. We've had several breakdowns with truck two. It's, it's our, the only, the, the only truck we have in our fleet now that we bought used. And oh, so right. it, it's, uh, I can't remember exactly how many miles, somewhere between six and 700,000 miles. So it's, it's higher on miles and it's just, it's just constantly like it's had like two or three over the road breakdowns in the last, um, several months. It's had to been towed a couple of times. Um, frustrating for us, frustrating for the driver, mm. but we've spent um, uh, about $20,000 in repairs between October through the first week or two of January um, in that truck. And so it, it's kind of like getting to that point where you're thinking about it. Okay. Is it yeah. time to pull truck number two off the road? Um, one of the, one of the things that kind of makes me question, maybe not is it, it's had some serious like electrical issues and one of the the last repairs that we did, right, we're starting to think maybe that got it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's really what part of the problem was the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we'll we'll see kind of how it does over the next trip or two. But if it if it keeps doing what it's been doing, like I I'm gonna seriously consider taking it off the road. So yeah, it, do you think you would, or maybe you already have developed a system where you purchase a new truck and then you know hey once it gets to a half million miles the hassle is going to be more than it's worth we'll sell it at a half million miles and then buy another new truck you know when i was uh, i worked for u-haul for a while and i don't remember the exact numbers but it was like new trucks do long hauls and then once it hits a hundred thousand miles they keep it on the lot and it does in-town stuff until it hits 200 and then they just sell it yeah. Uh, you know, a system like that, have you thought about that? Uh, yeah, I've, I've thought quite a bit about it, I, but I don't know that I necessarily have a really good answer at this point because mm. our, our oldest new truck, if that makes sense. Yeah. The, the oldest truck that we bought brand new truck three, truck three has about 300,000 miles on it. And, and I think that number is going to be, I'm hoping to be able to get at least six out of them before mm. we feel like we need to sell them. Um, if we could get seven or eight, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. But we'll we'll see. I, I want to get at least six, but I'm hoping I, we can get seven or eight. Yeah, it'll be. I guess uh, it'll be interesting, and it'll take a while longer to get all these trucks up to that point. But once truck number three hits that five hundred, six hundred thousand mark, you can start keeping track of what were the repair expenses up to a hundred thousand miles, up to two hundred thousand miles, and so on down the line, and start to compare as more trucks reach that age right so maybe it's too early to know where your cutoff should be it, it is a little early I, I i think once we get that experience probably between the i'm guessing you know maybe four hundred thousand to five hundred thousand but probably more like somewhere between five hundred thousand six hundred thousand we're really going to see okay is this where we want to mm. start turning trucks in or selling them or what do we want to do okay all right excellent uh any other PNL uh, pullouts. Only other month? minor thing with the PNL I want to talk a little bit about is just uh, our tolls were about a thousand dollars higher than they normally are. Um, that seems like a lot. Yeah. It well, they're, they're usually about twenty six hundred a month. Last month they were thirty six. So are you driving in the Northeast a lot? Maybe. Um, I, there was definitely some of that. We're we're going into Florida a little bit more. Florida mm. has some tolls. Um, so. I, I haven't really dove in to figure ex- out exactly what what has caused that, but um, 
I wish we weren't paying quite that much. <laughs> sure. It's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, man, tolls. I didn't realize it could get that hefty. Yeah. But when you're, I mean, tolls for trucks are way higher than right. tolls for cars. Yeah. And and when you've got 11 trucks. That my, my brother, the structural engineer, talks all the time about uh, weight rating for asphalt. And he's like, your car, I don't care if you're driving a Ford F-350, this is a massive thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We don't even take that into consideration. Do anything. It's, all, yeah. all we care about is the number of trucks and the weight. Yeah. <laughs> so The trucks are the ones that tear up the road the most, but they also pay. They pay for it. They pay for it. Yeah. All right. Well, Chris, uh, any other highlights, anything else we need to know from this episode? That's actually, that's about it. <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say that because I think we're just shy of 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I got a little one for you. Okay. okay? This is a small story, uh, but perhaps it will provide some amusement to you and our listeners. Uh, you spent much time in Boise. I've been through, yeah, a little bit. Okay. More mountain home. My, my wife's grandma lived in mountain home. Mountain home. I, okay. I've, I've been, you know, yeah. through Boise a little bit. What you've been through, sorry? I've Boise a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. good. That's uh, the first way to know that you haven't spent any time there is if you pronounce it Boise. Uh, I, I can't watch ESPN when Boise State is playing without just wanting to hurl something at the screen. <laughs> anyway, all right. So in, in Boise, the tallest, I don't think it's the tallest hill in Boise, but it's the tallest around the area. It's called Simplot Hill. You'll recognize the name Simplot. Uh, if you spend any time in Idaho. Everything in Idaho is called Simplot. Right. Simplot everything. <laughs> well, this is the this is the hill where the like the OG Simplot built his house okay. up at the top of this hill. But it's uh it's really nice and grassy and steep. And so you have this huge lawn and people take great advantage of this for sledding, as you can imagine. Uh, in the summer, people do ice blocking. Uh, so you go to the grocery yeah. store, get a block oh, yeah, of ice and that. then slide down the hill. It's great. Uh, what a fantastic time. Well, this was 15 years ago or something when I was just a boy, Chris. <laughs> Uh, my cousin got uh, a monkey bike. Have you seen these little things? Like picture a, a gorilla or a chimp at the zoo riding a bicycle like, as a joke. They're like a little, little tiny Compact bike. little, yeah. yeah. So the whole thing is, you know, 10 inches tall and 12 inches long. So he has this monkey bike and he gets the bright idea. Let's take it to Simplot Hill. <laughs> All right. So I honestly, I... I I forget how old I was. I was probably, I think I was like 21, 22, something like that. And he goes down on the monkey bike and he loses it. You know, it starts wobbling. Imagine and, that. And then he falls over and it, it took him all of 25 feet to fall over. And we're la- laughing and laughing. I said, all right, give me a try. So I go up to the top of this hill and hump on the monkey bike and start going down the hill. Well, apparently I'm a lot steadier than he is. <laughs> up to a point. <laughs> So I'm, I am cruising. I've probably done a hundred yards. I am picking up speed like you wouldn't believe. And, uh, now I start to wobble and and I fall over. Well, what should happen, Chris, is you fall over, you go one way, the bike goes the other and you know, it's just an explosion. Yeah. And you slide down the grassy hill. Well, or you tumble down. The whole point (laughs) is you, you're supposed to tumble. Well, the bike gets caught up in my legs and I don't tumble. And I slid, I'm, I'm wearing like basketball shorts, right? And I slid feet first down this hill for a solid 50 yards or so. No problem. It's grass, whatever. It's slick. Until I stand up and look down at my thigh and my hip. 
which have been utterly and completely stripped of skin oh. <laughs> for a, a huge amount. Uh, and I, I thought, oh, geez, that's going to that that's going to hurt that's tomorrow. Sting a bit. It didn't hurt tomorrow. It hurt for the next year. It took me a year to uh, recover from that. Let that be a lesson to everybody out there just because it's grass. OK, it's still freaking sandpaper if you're doing it for 50 <laughs> yards. Uh, so since then, I've. Well, I've never monkey biked down a hill, Chris. Uh-huh. I can tell you that. That's so. that, that's a good story. That sounds painful. It, you know, it was pretty rough. Uh, and I do want to hear from anybody who knows the Boise area. Do you know Simplot Hill? Have you been there? Can you commiserate? Uh, otherwise, I also want to hear from people about what their opinions would be from the question we had earlier in the episode about when does a truck become more trouble than it's worth? Uh, you know, as part of a fleet, do you have a number? Do you have a a number that you tend to gravitate toward? 500,000, 600, 800,000 miles before you start thinking uh, it's time to to get rid of this truck. So I want to hear from people on that. Chris, any final thoughts, desires, feelings? None that I want to share here. Let, let Just let it out, okay? <laughs> it's, it's a safe space. We're alone. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Chris, thanks for coming by, and I will see you next time. See you then.